Ladies, welcome. <coughs> and welcome back. With the school of Shalim Rabot, Naimot Vetovot. And uh, since we're in the month of Elul, a few weeks before Rosh Hashanah, we could say the Shana Tova, Tekatev, the Chaim Tovim Arukimu Shalom, Amen. We have uh, the business in front of us, which is Parashat Kitabo. And of course, that tells us that there are only two more Shabbatot left of the year, 5782. So these are very important Shabbatot coming up. I once saw in the book, it says, If the Jewish people would keep just two Shabbatot, they would get redeemed right away. And they say, which two Shabbatot? The last two Shabbatot of the year. If they would keep the Shabbatot right before Rosh Hashanah, what Allah, by the way, would bring the Mashiach in the coming of the new year. So we don't... uh, we don't undervalue any Shabbat, but these Shabbatot actually have a higher value. <clears throat> In the parasha of Kitavo, I'm sorry to tell you, I didn't find any uh, allusion uh, explicitly to Rosh Hashanah and to the subject of Teshuvah and preparation. My apologies. But there are a lot of other good stuff there that's worth to... Uh, to give over, the parasha begins with the story of Bikurim. Bikurim is the first fruits. And the Torah says you have to take a basket and take the first fruits and go to the uh, Kohen and you present it to him. With the presentation of Bikurim, you also need to make a recitation. Uh, there's an Amirah, there's a recitation that's made. Like the Pasuk says in Perek, and you must say in a loud voice in front of God. Arami Oved Avi. Arami Oved Avi. The Arami, whoever that is, is Oved, whatever that means, Avi, my father. Well, that's the only word in the, in the three words that I understand that someone that's called an Arami was trying to be Oved Avi, uh, my father. So we need to explain these three words first, before we even go further. Uh, We're coming to the Kohen and we're saying, Arami Oved Avi. Now these words might sound familiar to you because they find themselves in the Haggadah Shel Pesach. Actually, the Pesukim and Parashat Kitavo are the basis of Haggadah Shel Pesach. These four Pesukim, Arami Oved Abi, Vayered Mitzrayma, Vayagor Sham, Bimtemead, Vayisham, the Pesukim that we read here are actually the uh, skeleton that the Haggadah Shel Pesach is, uh, is based on. So if it sounds familiar, it is. But what does it mean? What does it mean, Arami Oved Abi? So, the most, uh, the first uh, uh, place that we always check to get interpretation of text is Rashi. Well, ladies, we're in luck. Rashi says, Arami Oved Avi. Who's the Arami? 
Lavan. Ah, Lavan Arami. That's familiar. We know him. That's Lavan the Aramite. He was from Aram. Bikesh la'akor etakol. Like we say in Haggadah Shal Pesach. Ve'lavan bikesh la'akor etakol. Lavan wanted to destroy everything. And therefore, kesheradaf ahar Yaakov. When he chased Yaakov Abinu. And that slow speed chase, when Yaakov Abinu was escaping his father-in-law's house, so ya- Yaakov Abinu was being trailed by Laban. And the Pasuk is telling us over here, he was not just trailing him so he could say goodbye and you know, give, him, uh, uh, you know, give him a kiss goodbye and give him good wishes. He was chasing him in order to kill him. And if you remember, God came to Laban in a dream and told him, don't touch this man. Don't do good and don't do bad. That implies that he wanted to do bad. And the Pasuk is telling us over here, how bad did he want to do? This was going to be an annihilation of our people. Laban at that moment. And therefore we thank Hashem. We say, oh, Hashem, what did you do for us? We're in full recognition that this Laban called Laban Arami wanted to destroy my father. I guess Oved means La'abed. La'abed means to destroy. Like we say by Haman, La'ashmid, La'harog, La'abed. So Arami, Oved, Abi, Sheha Arami, Shehu Lavan, Ratzal, La'abed, wanted to destroy my father. That she even says further, not only is it considered that he wanted to destroy, but Lavan gets credit for destroying. Okay, it's a technical point. When it comes to Goyim, their bad intentions are considered action. So therefore, it's not only he attempted to kill, but in God's book, Laban gets the discredit for actually doing it. And therefore, that she says the word Oved is used. Oved sounds like it was a success. It wasn't just an attempt. Arami Oved, he did it, but he didn't do it. Yaakov Abinu survived. No, the Pasuk is coming to say, since he tried to do it, and Navan is a goy, God punishes Goyim for their bad intent and their bad attempt. So far, so good? So we have, we have a derech. Arami Oved Avi. Ladies, you have to pay attention. You have to take the notes. Good. The first interpretation is that she. Mizeh Arami. Laban. Who's Avi? My father, Yaakov. And what does Oved mean? To destroy. Now I bring you to someone that argues on Rashi, and I guess is arguing on the Haggadah Pesach, and that is none other than the Ibn Ezra. He has a different uh, approach to this uh, Pasuk. Now, Ibn Ezra is one of the hardest commentators to learn. He, he was, a, I mean, one of the greatest Rishonim, there's nothing to talk, and greatest commentators on the Torah, but he was a master in grammar, so it's hard to understand exactly the nuances that he says, oh, if it meant this, the word would have been like this, and it should have said it like that. He's very, very strict on the, on the usage of the right grammar. And he says that I'm sorry to tell you, Rashi, but uh, it's a nice explanation. I mean, Haggadah is very nice that Lavan was trying to kill uh, uh, Yaakov, Arami Obedavi, but that's not what this Pasuk is saying according to the simple interpretation. Why? Because the word Oved 
means it's passive. It's a passive word. It's not a verb. A verb is an action. There's some words that are more like a, uh, an inactive verb, where it's passive. For example, if I said, the vessel is lost. But lost is not a verb. It's lost. It's a state of being. So therefore, when you say uh, Oved, Oved is referring to a state of being. It's not a verb. If, if, if it, the Pasuk was coming to tell me that Lavan tried to kill, it should have said, Arami me'abed. Me'abed is a verb. But Arami Oved, the word Oved is not referring to an action. It's a state. It's a situation. So how could Rashi come along and now come along and tell me Aravi Obedabi that Laban Ha'arami tried to kill my father? The Pasuk would have said Arami Me'abed et Abi. Not Obed. That's the Ibn Ezra's main question. Good? Because of this question, he says, therefore I have a different interpretation which is more Pshat. Uh, more, you know, uh, uh, more understood from the words. And he says, That's Ibn Ezra's question. So he says, therefore, now lady, hold on to your seats. We have a different interpretation. Who's the Arami in the Pasuk? Yaakov Abinu. Oh, oh. Why is Yaakov Abinu called Arami? Because where did he live for 21 years? He lived in Aram. He lived in Aram Naraim. He lived with Laban. So therefore, I mean, basically, he had, uh, you know, a residency in Aram for over two decades. So according to Ibn Ezra, it's not so uh, far-fetched uh, to call him a Arami. He lived there. And... We know something that when Yaakov lived in Aram, those were the most difficult parts of his life. And uh, he was a poor man most of the time he was there. If you remember when he got to Laban's house, he had nothing. His nephew Eliphaz stripped him of everything. And he gets to Laban's house, a poor man, granted by the time he left, he was wealthy. But during the duration, he had nothing. That's why he had to work for 14 years in order to take care of the sheep of Laban. So it says the uh, Ibn, Ibn Ezra, he writes that we have a pasuk referring to a person who's downtrodden and broken. The pasuk says, what do you do to a downtrodden person who's all broken and impoverished? Tenu shechar la'oved. Give a drink to the oved. You see a guy depressed, what do you do? Have a drink, take a drink. Uh, drink away your woes. So therefore you see the word Oved means a person who is broken, a person who is impoverished. So the Pasuk is saying, Arami, Arami, Yaakov was the Arami when he was living in Aram, Oved Avi. At that time my father was an Oved. Yaakov the Arami. When he was living in Aram, of, you should know, at that point in his career, Oved Avi, my father was an Oved. He was a downtrodden, impoverished, broken man. Evantem, how the Ibn Ezra is learning? It's totally different than Nashi. But what does he benefit? 
The word Oved. So now we have two interpretations. Ladies, forgive me, I'm not repeating for you, I'm repeating for myself, just so I can keep Hezbon uh, I know you know it already, but these things sometimes get a little technical in my brain, I need to repeat it for myself. <laughs> well, I know you know it already. I don't want you to say, hey, he's repeating it again. I'm repeating it for myself. And since I'm the moderator, I can repeat it as many times as I want. Wait, 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 wait. I have to repeat this before I forget. So that she says, Arami Oved Avi, that she's saying, Arami is Lavan. And Lavan tried to kill my father. Like we say in the Haggadah of Pesach, Lavan Bikesh Ta'akor Etakol. So that she has uh, the Haggadah to support him. Ibn Ezra says, I'm sorry to tell you, Rashi, nice story, and maybe you're right from some Midrash, but that's not what the Pasuk is coming to tell you, because then it wouldn't say, I would say, Arami me'abed et Abi. And therefore, since Avi is uh, what they call intransitive, it's, a, it's not a verb, and therefore the Pasuk is referring to the state that Yaakov was in. Arami, when Yaakov was living in Aram, my poor father, Oved Avi, my father was an Oved, was a broken, downtrodden, depressed man. Good. That's the explanation of Quetzal Ibn Ezra. Now, before I go further, don't be sorry. Yes, that's correct. It's saying what when when our father, who we're calling him an Arami, because that's when he lived in Aram, when he was living in Aram, that's when he was broken. So yes. The Arami and the Avi is both Yaakov Abinu. I'll read you Lashon over here. Arami al Yaakov Abinu. Venikra ken, the fishigar be Aram. Venikra Oved. Why was he called an Oved? Ki betsa'ar gadol ayasham esrim shana, because he had a rough time for 20 years. Like he himself said, had a difficult time. And he was Ani, he was poor. Belo mamon, ani nikra Oved. And the Ani is called an Oved, like it says, give a drink to the Oved. Now, we need to defend Rashi, I guess, from the Ibn Ezra. I mean, listen, ladies, if the Ibn Ezra knew grammar, which he definitely did, we have to assume that she also knew grammar. I mean, that she is the master and he, he didn't miss it and just say, oh, Oved, and he made a simple grammatical mistake. Oh, it should have said Me'abed, and therefore the Ibn Ezra caught Rashi. So just to uh, show you that there are those that go out of their way to defend the Perush Rashi, I will just bring you a little of the words of a rabbi called the Maharal. Maharal from Prague. He wrote a commentary on Rashi called Gur Aryeh. It's a beautiful interpretation. So he says like this. Referring to the Ibn Ezra, that is. And he says, and I quote, Good idea, here it is. So he writes... Oh, he writes, Upirusho. Oh, this is the words, I underlined it here. It's, it's very strong languages. He says, Aval Perush Arab Ibn Ezra, Enlo Yadayim Veraglayim. That's not me saying that, that's the Marab talking. Okay, when you're in the major leagues, you could talk 
confidently like that. He says, uh, I know what you're talking about. Ki hu katav shi Yaakov yikra arami. Yaakov is called the arami. Ve'lamba yikra oto arami. Why would you call him an arami? Just because he lived in Aram, what you never see in the Torah that Yaakov Abinu is referred to an Arami. Yaakov Abinu is called Ishtam, Yosef Ohalim. He's got a lot of names, but we don't call him an Arami. And he starts to list all different people that lived in different places. We don't refer to them by their place because they lived there for a few years. If anything, we know in second grade, whenever you hear Arami, who do you think of right away? Laban Arami. So he says, are you going to ask me? You're going to ask me on the, on the grammar? Oved? He says, I'll answer you. He says, Oved over here is not a verb. Oved over here is telling us the mindset of Lavan. Lavan was thinking 24 hours a day. I have to get rid of this man, Yaakov. So Oved is referring to a constant if the pasuk would have said me'abed, it would have sounded like he tried once. Oved is more like present tense. Arami Oved, he's constantly scheming and planning and conjecting. How am I going to kill this guy? So therefore, that's why the Torah uses the word Oved over here. It's referring to, not a verb, it's referring to the mindset. That this was what he was thinking all day long. Arami Oved. How can I be Oved? How can I get rid of Yaakov Abinu? He's the Oved of my father. He's the one that's constantly thinking to be Oved. Fine. Who is the Oved? Who is the one that's constantly trying to destroy my father? Laban. He fixes it. We have two explanations. This, we didn't say anything yet, ladies. I didn't get to my point yet. I'm just... If we don't break ground over here and understand the simple perush of these words, we're not going to be able to understand the main uh, entree that I came to offer you this afternoon. But let's suffice to that. We have two interpretations. Now what does it say? Now it comes along and says, in the next uh, line in the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Arami Oved Avi. The Pasuk says, Vayered Mitzrayma. What does that mean? And we went down to Mitzrayma. Now we're moving on to a new topic, it sounds like because there's a, there's a big uh, space between Arami Oved Avi and going down to Egypt. This is another story. I guess we have to explain that when we're going to bring the first fruits in front of the Kohen, we're recanting and recalling all the favors that God did for us. Number one, Arami Oved Avi. And you saved us from that. And Bayerid Mitzrayim. Now we're going to go move to... To Egypt and tell that story how he went out to Mitzrayim. And we're going to say, That's the simple way I understood. We're just giving some bullet points of different hasadim that Hashem did for us over the course of our history. And we're saying, You did this, and you did that, and you did this, and another thing. We're giving a beautiful, uh, beautiful story. But it does sound like that these things are connected. 
ארמים עובד אבי וירד מצרימה. It's something that's a connection. I mean, the Gaon Mevilna asks, what is the connection between Arami Oved Avi, which happens in the times of Yaakov, to going down to Egypt, but doesn't happen until many years later? I Meaning there's a lot of missing uh, puzzle pieces. There's no direct link between Arami Oved Avi, what Laban did to Yaakov, and then we went out to Mitzrayim. I mean, if you wanted to give me the full story, you would say, he worked, and then he left with his children, and then you got to give me the story with the Ketona Pasim, because that's, uh, that's in there somewhere. And then uh, they got angry at Yosef and jealous, and then they sold Yosef, and he went down, and he was there for 22 years, uh, and then uh, there was a famine. and that, A lot of stuff that happens from the time Yaakov was by Laban's house until we go down to Egypt. But the Pasuk over here sounds like, you know, it's right away. Arami Oved Avi, and therefore, Bayeret Matzraima. And I'm asking, what's the, what's the connection between the two? Because he married the, the first, the second one, instead of being the first one. Something with... Oh, 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 oh. That, that's, a good, that's, for, that's good for the night of Pesach. That's good for the night of Pesach. <laughs> Something to say over the Haggadah of Pesach. I don't argue with you. It's all about Yaakov, not what happened. Yeah, but uh, the, the Pasuk is putting these two things together, knowing well and good that these two things are not back-to-back to each other. It sounds like if you, if, you, if you didn't know any history, you would think that right after Yaakov was in Laban's house, then the next thing that happened, Bayerit Mitzrayma. And, and, and that wasn't so. It wasn't so. We didn't go down to Mitzrayim right after Arami Oved. By the way, Liz, I, I, I think that you forgot that a lot of times when I ask these questions, I know the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate your help because I know I need that. That's called a rhetorical question. But I, I, I think over the summer, maybe you forgot. He said, well, the rabbi's struggling. How's he? he doesn't know the answer to this question. Let's help him out. I appreciate your help. And I know you have a different answers. But I'll just say some of the things that I found that I think are, I think are stunning. What, what, one interpretation I found from the Hatam Sofit, which to me is, I mean, it's, 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 it's a really a blockbuster. I'll, I'll tell you what bothered me. The Pasuk is saying over here some sort of connection between Arami or Vedabi Vayered Mitzrayma. And seemingly the connection is not, not obvious. So the Hatam Sofer says like this You remember when we learned about Bil'am? So you learn about this guy called Bil'am, and Bil'am bin Be'or. And he was the one that was hired by Balak to come along and curse the Jewish people on the mountain. Of good news, later on in history, Pinehas meets up with this guy Bil'am, and he kills him. But there's a Targum Yonatan bin Uziel in two places. When Bil'am's name is being mentioned initially, and when Pinehas kills him. The Targum all of a sudden starts to give us a little of the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 person, the persona of who this Bil'am was. So listen to the Pasuk. I'm reading in Parashat Balak. The Shadeh is Gadin, and Balak sent messages. Levat Lavan Ha'arami, Dehu Bil'am. Oh, the Targum understood that Lavan and Bil'am are the same guy. 
And the reason why they called them Bil'am, because Bil'am comes from the word Liblawa, to swallow. So it's almost as if Bil'am was a nickname, because he was the one that wanted to cannibalize us. So they called him Bil'am, the guy that's a bolaya, he's a Bal'am. He's a, he, want, he wants to swallow the nation. Liblawa et ta'am. So they called him Bil'am as a nickname. And, but who was he really, according to the Targum? It's Laban. Different century, different, different, different millennium, but that's what he's saying. Now, if you want to go according to the Kabbalists, you'll tell me, no, he was the Gilgul. Uh, no problem. But clearly the Targum is putting Laban in the same story. Furthermore, when Pinehas wants to kill Bil'am, he has the last conversation with him. And he tells him, hey, ve'amadle, hello, Aren't you Lavana Arami? You're the one that wanted to kill my grandfather, Yaakov. This is what Pinhas is telling Bilam before he's going to kill him. He says, Aren't you that Lavan, that guy that tried to kill my father? Now listen to what the Targum says. And then you went down to Mitzrayim. You remember one of the advisors of Paro? Who was one of the advisors of Paro? Bil'am. And what was the advice <coughs> that Bil'am gave to Paro? The question was what to do, what, the, what this, this baby Moshe. And it was Bil'am that said, kill Moshe, and kill all the people. Bil'am was the most outspoken advisor to Paro, where the other ones, Yitro, ran away, Iyov kept quiet, but Bil'am was an aggressive advisor, advising Paro to kill. Says Hatam Sofer, something incredible. Arami Oved Avi. This guy, Laban, tried to kill my father, Yaakov. But he was unsuccessful. So what do you think? The anti-Semite gives up? He didn't give up. He went down to Mitzrayim. He went down to Mitzrayim, take two, in order to try to accomplish what he couldn't do. But in Mitzrayim, he was known as Bil'am. But guess what? It's the same guy. It's the same guy. And therefore, it's coming to tell us Yes, the Vayered Mitzrayim is not the Jews went down to Mitzrayim. Vayered is the Arami went down to Mitzrayim. Evantim, how he's learning Adam Zoved? That's a brilliant interpretation. Arami Oved Avi, but he failed. He tried and tried and tried. He was Oved over and over, 25 hours a day. How am I going to kill this guy? But he said, doesn't work. They don't let me kill him. It's okay, I'll meet him in Egypt. Here he is again. Lavan, or a.k.a. Bil'am. And he's on the advisory board of, uh, 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 of Paro. And over there he was a little more successful. He gave advice to uh, Paro in order to cause the Jewish people uh, harm and damage. That's the way he understands the connection. But the Gaon Mevilna has a different, a different approach. And that's really what I came uh, to discuss today. The Gaon Mevilna's approach. Did you ever hear 
And please don't say no because we say this almost every week in this class. Did you ever hear of the rabbinical rule? Maaseh avot siman nabanim. Good. I'll review it. Maaseh avot siman nabanim means that the actions uh, of the forefathers would create a precursor to what would happen in the children. That means the story of the Jewish people was pre-lived by the avot. Their, their lives actually created the, uh, uh, the, uh, the future of what would happen to B'nai Yisrael. They lived it in a microcosm, and then it would come out in a macro, meaning in the Jewish people. So whatever major events happen to B'nai Yisrael doesn't start by us. And by the time it gets to us, it's the end of the story. It's just like by the time the blue eyes come out on a child, that's the end of the story. The blue eyes began in the DNA of the grandparents, and by the time it came out in, in, in that grandchild, that already is, 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 the, is, is the story. The blue eyes of the child is already ma'aseh avot, that comes already from something that preceded. The same thing with Jewish history. It's almost as if to say that the genome of B'nai Yisrael, the chromosomes of B'nai Yisrael are in the avot. So whenever you see a major event, the klal is, you always try to trace it back, uh, where was the first time it happened? So therefore, says the Gaon, if you want to trace back uh, an event of Yitziat Mitzrayim, or, or going down to Egypt, and then coming out of Mitzrayim, so you have to say, wait, wait, this is a macro event, that's Simanda Banim, I want to know where's the Maaseh Avod, so you have to find the story, where somebody went down to a place uh, outside of Eretz Yisrael, you have to find somebody that was oppressed, that was, you know, worked, worked very hard, almost like a slave, uh, somebody that was impoverished, and then you have to find somebody that, when he finally left, he left with great wealth, just like the Jewish people left with great wealth, and if you could find a story like that, then you have a ready Ma'asei Banim. So says the Gaon the Vilna, hey, you have Yaakov Abinu. Yaakov Abinu goes down to Laban's house and he worked over there, <coughs> almost like a slave, you could say, morning and night. It says, Yaakov Abinu in his own words says, I froze at night and I got burnt by the sun during the day. And he was impoverished, as we said, but at the end, after everything was said and done, Yaakov Abinu leaves Laban's house with great wealth. Oh, that would be a precursor to what it says. <laughs> now I'll even give it to you a little more uh, specific, just to make the Gaon, uh, uh, what he's saying, become a little clearer. I found a, a Midrash. Uh, this is going to answer a question that uh, has bothered me for many years. On the way out, Yaakov Abinu is dealing with sheep, making a big deal of the sheep. Uh, and he wants to get paid. And Laban doesn't want to pay him. Laban's trying to trick him. And Yaakov's going through all different types of systems just to get paid. And I always said, what does that Sadiq care about getting paid and all the sheep and all this money? Just get out of there. That's a difference. Hashem will give you the... Pan- anyway, you want to get Panasa from Laban anyway? 
He's going to give you your Padnasa. Hashem gives the Padnasa. Why was Yaakov Avinu uh, going through so many different uh, machinations in order to... Or Laban was going through the machinations and, and, Laban, and Yaakov is trying to outsmart Laban and trying to get with the sticks and the, the striped sticks and the, and the, and the, and the speckled and, and, the, and, 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 the, and the spotted, the ringed. What's Yaakov Avinu putting so much effort at the end of the day, what does Yaakov do? He learns Torah all day. He, he needs the sheep. How much sheep can he eat anyway? So, <laughs> I mean, the Kabbalists enter over here. And the Kabbalists enter and they say that <laughs> these sheep over here were not regular sheep. Actually, the souls of B'nai Israel that needed to make a tikkun, ultimately we're in the sheep over here. And when Yaakov Abinu is redeeming the sheep, he's redeeming souls that are in the sheep. And that's why Yaakov Abinu is making an effort. He don't care about the sheep. He's not eating uh, lamb chops. He's more cared about to redeem them from captivity. And if he can get them out, now they can move on to their next stage of rectification. This is a big hadush over here. But at least explains that Yaakov Abinu was involved in something that was more lofty than just worrying about wool and sheep and lambs. He was involved in redeeming. And that's why Lavan is so, so stubborn not to let them be released. Because he knows if they're going to be released, they'll reach rectification and then B'nai Israel will be able to survive. So Yaakov Abinu at one point in Parashat Vayetzeh, when he's talking about how he came down and now he's leaving Laban's house, he writes, Ki me'at asher hayalecha. Well, this is, uh, this is Laban talking. Laban's telling him, when you came down here to me, me'at hayalecha. You had only a little. You didn't have anything. You came down with very little. Ki me'at asher hayalecha. Lefanai. And now when you're leaving, vayifrotz larov. Now, <laughs> You're leaving a wealthy man. The Midrash says, listen to the language that Laban uses to discuss how Yaakov came down and how he left. He came down, me'at. Says the Midrash, how much is me'at? How much sheep did he have when he came down? Says the Midrash, 70 sheep. How does the Midrash know? Because when it talks about the Jewish people going down to Mitzrayim, what does it say? When we went down to Mitzrayim, we went down Me'at. And we know how many souls went down to Mitzrayim? 70. So we have a Gezira Shavah Me'at Me'at. So says the rabbis of Kabbalah, what are you comparing the word Me'at from when we went down to Mitzrayim to the sheep? Because ultimately the sheep that Yaakov Abinu recovered were the souls that ultimately went down to Mitzrayim. And therefore we learn when the Pasuk says that initially Yaakov went down with Me'at. And how much did he leave with? The Pasuk says, Vayifrotz. Vayifrotz says the Midrash, he left, hold on to your seats, with 600,000 sheep. Exactly the number of Bnei Israel. And how does the Midrash know this? Because the Pasuk says, Ubnei Yisrael, Paru, Vayishritsu, Vayirbu, Vayatzmu, Meod, Meod. And the Pasuk says over here, Vayifrotz, Larov. 
and therefore the Midrash is learning, Vayifrotz, Ubnei Yisrael, Paru Vayishnetzu, Vayifrotz. So that's the word. I broke it. That's the word. So you see two words that are used by Yaakov Abinu. When he came down, he came down with Me'at. When he left, Vayifrotz. Larov. That's exact words that is used by Bnei Yisrael to Mitzrayim. Bimte Me'at, and then when they win Mitzrayim, what happened? And they left with 600,000 people, men between 20 and 60. The same numbers of sheep that Yaakov Abinu had in Lavanza. So then what do you see? Says the Gaon Vilna. If you want to trace back the story of Mitzrayim, where do you trace it? You trace it to the story of Yaakov Abinu. And now read the Pasuk, and this is something brilliant from the Gaon. Arami Oved Avi. Lavan was tormenting Yaakov Avinu. And as a result of that story, which is Ma'aseh Avot, Vayered Mitzrayma. We went down to Mitzrayim eventually, but it was a result of that story. There is a connection between Arami Oved Avi and Bayerid Mitzrayma. The connection is that because of the story of what happened when Yaakov was in Lavan's house, however you want to learn it, you want to learn it like Rashi, or you want to learn it like the Ibn Ezra, but the point is, it's referring to Yaakov and Lavan, this Pasuk. There is a direct connection between Yaakov and Lavan and Bayerid Mitzrayma, because that was the Maase Avot. And what happened by Yaakov would eventually happen to us. The connection is amazing. So here, I don't think you find this anywhere else in the Torah, because here you're seeing something amazing. You're seeing that the Torah is introducing in one pasuk, Ma'aseh Avot, Siman Nabarim. Usually, when we talk about Ma'aseh Avot, it doesn't tell us when it came out. Here it's telling you when it came out. It's telling you. And you know when it came out? So it's giving you the, the, the origin and it's giving you the, the result. Unbelievable. I don't expect you to find these Hidushim as exciting as I find them. I, I find them truly, truly, uh, truly delightful. There's no greater delight than, to me than that Ga'on Vilna, to read a Pasuk like that. By the way, you, 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 I, 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 I have no problem. I have no problem. I have the same issues that you have over here. But I, I let my brain not go there. I don't have to go everywhere. Because Chabaruk taught us, you don't have to have the answer to every, every, every question. We accept it today, and one day we'll have a, a deeper interpretation. But I will tell you, now that you're bringing it up, I mean, what, what are the Jewish people called? We're called B'nai Yisrael. It's interesting. We're called the sons of Yisrael, which is Yaakov. Because ultimately we were all from Yaakov Abinu. The children are really B'nai Yisrael because ultimately all those sheep belong to Yaakov Abinu. And I remind you, by the way, you remember when Yaakov was running out of Laban's house? And then Laban chased him. Do you know how long that chase last, lasted? No, it says that he left three days. And after three days, Laban realized that he left. So then he started to chase him. 
and he didn't catch up to him until the seventh day, which is exactly what happened when we left Mitzrayim. We left three days, and then on the third day, Paro started to chase us and caught us on the seventh day, and that's when we had Kiryat Yamsuf, and we finally broke away. So even the number of days when Yaakov Abinu left is exactly the number of days when Bnei Yisrael left Mitzrayim, and then Paro finally reached his demise. So far, so good? Yeah. Until it's going to be so good until I ask you the following question. And it needs a clarification because I think I said it in front of you ladies and I don't want, to be, I don't, I don't want you to hold it against me. In a, in a previous class, when we talked about the Ma'aseh Avot Siman Nabanim of Mitzrayim, we thought that it's Avraham Avinu that created the Ma'aseh Avot Siman Nabanim. Let me review the story of Abraham Abinu. Abraham and Sarah go down to Egypt. I mean, this is I'm, it. I'm sorry to again. Yes. Abraham. I got no problem. Okay. That, 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 I have no problem. I have no problem. So, 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 but let me, let, me, let me ask the question first, and then, then, then we'll give the answer. My question is that I said that. I thought Abraham Avinu was involved in the DNA of creating Mitzrayim because he went out to Mitzrayim, by the way. He didn't go to Aram Harayim. He was in Mitzrayim. Him and his wife went out to Mitzrayim. And guess what? When he left Mitzrayim, it says, Paro gave him a lot of wealth. And Abraham, who doesn't usually accept wealth from anybody, accepted it. And the Ramban says, you know why he accepted it? Because he knew that if he accepts it, when we leave Egypt as a nation... Well accepted as well. And it says that he was abducted, Sarah was abducted, that is, by Paro. And what happened? Paro tried to do something with uh, uh, Sarah, but he wasn't able. And it says what happened to Paro? Vainagah Hashem, God gave Paro makot. Negaim gedolim. Oh, says the Ramban. You see right there, there's the makot. That Paro is going to get makot because Sarah gave him uh, Makot. And that's the, that's the plagues. That's, the, that's what happened in Egypt. So they, well, they find this uh, uh, story of Ma'aseh Avot. Yeah, we were in Egypt once. And there was, a, there was a king called Paro, same name. And he got Makot. And guess what? He wasn't able to touch Sarah. He was able to kill some of the boys. But the girls survived, just like Sarah survived. Paro wasn't able to touch Sarah. Called a bat te hayum. A lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of correlations. And they left rich. So the, the question then becomes, will the real ma'aseh avot, siman uh, namanim, please stand up. Please identify yourself. Is it Yaakov? Or is it Abraham? You're so smart, ladies. <laughs> and, 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 the, and you come along like tamidei hachamim, or hachamot, and you say, well, I guess an event so great like you see at Mitzrayim has two ma'aseh avot. That there's two sets of DNA over here. There's two dominant chromosomes in this genome. It was Avraham Abinu that started the process. And it's Yaakov Abinu that also contributed. And we're going to have to say, I, I don't argue. And like was said by Mrs. Sardar, ma'aseh avot. In this case, it's really Ma'aseh Avot. It's a combination of, of the Avot. 
It's a combo between uh, Abraham and Yaakov in their lives that created the situation of Mitzrayim. I, 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 I would like to add something. Fine, fine, fine. But I'm talking about in the personal stories. But I'd like to add something. Abraham leaves Mitzrayim with great wealth. And Yaakov leaves Laban with great wealth. So you have, you have two ma'aseh of two stories that are creating Egypt with two wealth. And we know that when the Jews left Egypt, they also received two forms of wealth. When they left Mitzrayim proper, and then seven days later, when they got to Yamsuf, they received an additional windfall. So therefore, there was two Nechush Kadol's as well. So it could be one Nechush Kadol was established by Abraham, and another Nechush Kadol was established by Yaakov. I mean, if we start to make a forensic now on these two episodes, we could probably see exactly more how each one contributed to the, uh, to the story. Last point, ladies, before I... Uh, uh, retire from the, the, this afternoon's uh, uh, derash. So I understand the pasuk is gorgeous. The pasuk is saying, Arami Oved Avi. Who is it? Either Laban tried to kill Yaakov, like Rashi says, or like the Ibn Ezra said, that Arami, my father, was Oved. He was a poor, impoverished guy uh, when he was living over there uh, by Laban's house. Uh, he, he had nothing. And I understand what the Gaum of Vilna then says. But you have to know, from that story of Yaakov, when he was living by Laban, and when Laban was oppressing him and all that, that brings us to Vayered Mitzrayimah. I know there's a lot of history in between, but the chromosome that brings us to Vayered Mitzrayimah is Arami Ovedavi. I just would have liked if there would have been a mention of Avraham Abinu somewhere in here. Because if we're talking about Maaseh Avot Simanda Banim, there's no reference to Avraham, who also was part of Vayered Mitzrayimah. Understand my question? If, if, if we're all agreeing, and you're, you're talking, oh, it's both of them, it's both of them, you don't know what you're talking about, it's both of them, that's the way it is, it's both of them. Okay, I accept, it's both of them. But there's no mention of Avraham Avinu over here. You got Lavan, Baruch Abba. You got, uh, what's it, Yaakov Avinu, beauty. Where's Avraham? So I, I just conclude that I didn't tell you all the opinions. There's another opinion over here on Arami Oved Avi from the rabbi called the Rashbam. I have a copy of it over here if you want to see it for the show and tell. Hold on to your seats. Arami Oved Avi. Oh. Avi Avraham. Arami Haya. Oh. Because Abraham, where was Abraham actually born? Abraham was born in Aram. He was born in Aram. That, he, he was a native. He wasn't like Yaakov Abinu that was born in Eretz Israel and then, you know, uh, 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 you know, got exiled to Aram. Arami is Abraham Abinu. He was a, a pure, purebred Aram. He was made as Aram. Kedichtiv. Lech lecha me'artzecha. When God told Abraham, what's Arzekam Abraham Abinu? Aram. So it says, he was an Oved. My father Abraham, <laughs> he was an Oved. You know what Oved means? It doesn't mean poor, because Abraham Abinu really wasn't poor. Abraham actually was always wealthy, but it says, 
Oved v'to'eh. He was, uh, he was wayward. He was a, a nomad. When God told Abraham, Lech lecha ma'artzecha, he was just traveling to a place where he doesn't even know where he's traveling. And he had to go with great faith over there. And we're saying how Abraham Abinu alav shalom, he trusted God and he went as an Oved. Like the Pasuk says in Tehilim, in chapter 119, Ta'iti kese Oved. I lost my way like a lost sheep. So therefore, in that sense, Abraham Abinu was the Oved. Why? Because he was just walking to nowhere. I mean, he had no idea where he was going. He was just following the, the will of God. To the place where I show you. Where is that place? Don't ask questions. Just, just go. Yeah, you, you'll get there. So therefore, and, and, and why, why is Abraham mentioned at this point? Because we're saying, look at this. I understand why he's mentioned at the Bikurim ceremony. Because at the Bikurim ceremony, what are we saying? We're in Israel, we have a land, we have trees, we have fruit, we have a basket, we have product. So we're coming to God and saying, wow, what a long road to get here. You know when it started, this process? When Abraham Abinu already was told by God many, many years before, and he went like a nomad, going and, 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 and traversing the land north and south, east and west. That was much before, but that was the Ma'asev, one of us getting the land of Israel. And now today, that land that you promised Abraham, we're here, we got it. We're here, we showed up. I think that's why we're mentioning Abraham at the time of Bikurim, because we're going back to the origins of the land of Israel. The origins of the land of Israel does not begin when we came into Israel. It begins when Abraham Abinu was Arami Oved, the, the man that was born in... So by the way, I mean... I mean... The, I guess the Maharal didn't see this Rashbam over here, because otherwise he would attack them like he attacked Ibn Ezra. What did he tell the Ibn Ezra? How could you call Yaakov uh, Arami? <laughs> but the Rashbam had no problem. He, he, he doubled down. He called Abraham an Arami. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, if, if you would have a problem with, uh, with, with calling Yaakov uh, Arami, call Shekin Abraham. But, and I like the, I liked the Rashbam because Arami Oved Avi. When you talk about Avi, who's the first of the fathers? Abraham, Avi, That's. That's referring to the, the first. But now I understand very good. Abraham is mentioned. Lavan is mentioned. Yaakov is mentioned. They're all mentioned. But to be honest with you ladies, they're all mentioned, but nobody's mentioned. I mean, my last question. If, doesn't the Pasuk know how to write the word Yaakov? Doesn't the Pasuk know how to write the word Avraham? Doesn't the Pasuk know how to write the word Laban? These are words that we know. So why write it in such a vague way, Arami Ovet Avi, which I don't know who the Arami is. I don't know who the Avi is. It's vague. Now I need all the rabbis to go, I say it's him. And you go, I think it's that one. And I think it's Abraham. And I say it's Yaakov. And I think it's Laban. Well, the Torah knew that if it's going to be vague, we're going to have a problem interpreting. So why didn't the Torah just tell us who you're talking about? You understand my question? You're so smart. 
That's really the answer. And learn, learn, learn probably the most important lesson in, in how to learn Tanakh. If the Pasuk leaves it vague, it's by design it left it vague because it wants you to interpret it in all ways. It doesn't only want to say it's Yaakov. It wants you to come to the conclusion that it's also Avraham. Because if we're learning if the Pasuk would say Yaakov, what about Avraham? Okay, so Avraham, what about Yaakov? You know, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say Arami Oved Avi. And in those vague words, the Rashbam will come along and tell me, it's Avraham. And the Ibn Ezra will come along and say, it's Yaakov. And the Rashim will come along and say, Laban is the Arami. No problem. So therefore, the vagueness is actually by design. Nobody should come along and say, well, tell me who it is. No, I can't tell you who it is because it's everybody. <laughs> and the way I tell you it's everybody is by putting it in a, uh, a vague uh, 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 language that lends itself to several interpretations. Because it's all true. It's a result of Abraham's life. It's a result of Yaakov's life when he lived by Lavan. That those micro events in the lives of those Sadiqim ultimately, ultimately bring us back to Vayered Mitzrayma. It ultimately brings us to the story of Egypt. It's a Maase Avod Siman Nabani. Now, this is, could you imagine, it takes an hour just to explain three words of a parasha Arami Oved Avi. You know, some, something to, to learn for the rest of the Tanakh. How every single word has so much depth and so much, so much concept. Now, the time is obviously uh, uh, up for today, but if you're interested in some uh, homework uh, that you'll benefit, because I said initially that I don't have what to say on the month of Elul and how we can connect, but if you look at the Orahim Kadosh, he learns Arami Oved Avi, in a totally different way, according to a derasha, and he comes along and says, who the Arami is? Ah, the Arami is the Yitzhak. <laughs> what do you think? That's the real Arami. And who's the Avi? The father, the father of the body. The father of the body is the soul. And the Yitzhak's goal, 24 hours a day, Arami Oved Avi. The Yetzirah wants to destroy the Jewish soul. And he's got good company. So the Yetzirah goes down into the body. The word Metzid means a border. Border means something that's close. The Yetzirah is close to the body. And therefore, goes into a body and makes a pact. The Yetzirah is called Nahash. And what does the Nahash eat? Dirt. And what is the human body made up of? Dirt, and therefore it found its food in the human body, the Yetzirah. It becomes border with the body. And it finds a place to live. The Yetzirah lives in the body. Initially, it's a small Yetzirah. When the child is born, the Yetzirah is small. But what ends up happening over the course of time? The Yetzirah grows and grows and grows and grows. And those two neighbors, the body and the Yetzirah, they make us bad. 
They spoil our soul. They torture us. Avodakasha, 24 hours a day. They don't give us respite. No rest. The Yitzhak working on us to destroy us. So what do you do? And here the Urahim Kadosh says, you know what you do when the Yitzhak is coming after you? Cry out to God. Well, what should you pray? Hashem, save me from this Yetzirah. Well, will God answer such a prayer? When you pray to be saved from the evil inclination, when you pray that your children should be saved from the evil inclination, to be saved from the tests of the time, God will look he will see the oppression that the Yetzirah puts on us and he will save us. And then in conclusion, God will relieve us from this, this bad border that we live on, the border of the Yetzirah and the body. We will be free. And what is going to free us? Listen to the language. Biyad hazakah, bezrawa Moragadol, Ubotot, Ubofetim. Five items. What else is five? The five books of Moses, Hamishaham Torah. By studying the five books like we study in depth, the five books will, is the antidote against the Yetzirah. How do I know these are the five books? The first book is called Yat Hazakah, the strong hand of God. That's the hand that created the world. That's Bereshit that talks about creation. Yad Azakah, the strong hand of God that created the world. That's the book of Shemot. When God outstretched his hand of redemption, like we say in Haganash of Pesach, that's the outstretched hand of God. With great revelation, that's the book of Vayikra. When we built the Mishkan in Vayikra, we started to bring Korbanot, the revelation of God came down. And with signs, that's the book of Bamidbar. In the book of Bamidbar, we have the flags. And the flags are called otot. They're signs for the Jewish people, for all the tribes, where exactly they traveled. And the wonders, that's the book of, Bamid, of Devarim, where Moshe Rabbeinu recalls all the wonders that God did for the Jewish people for the 40 years in the Midbar. And therefore the Pasuk is saying, if you want to get saved from the border, the dangerous border, you were talking about the border before, the dangerous border, not of Mexico, the dangerous border of, of the Yetzirah and his, and, and, and his body. There's only one way, the study of Torah. That is an allusion to the time that we're in now. Everybody has a chance to relieve themselves and release themselves from the Yetzirah. Pray to God that we should be released. Pray to God that He should save us from the Nisyonot, like we say, You should not bring us to test, and we should not succumb to the Yetzirah. And open a book and come to Humash class, and between the Tefilot and the Tamut Torah, Bore Alam will save us. This is a great lesson and a great Musar. In the same Pasuk that was talking about Jewish history, Uraim Akados finds a practical Musar. The Arami is the Yetzirah, Oved Avi is trying to destroy the Jewish soul. SOS, save our souls. Shabbat Shalom, Bore Alam.